Hey there, it's your host Nandini, and I'm so glad you could join me in building this network of evolving humans. Welcome to Enough Unsaid. Welcome to the second episode of Enough Unsaid. I'm your host Nandini, and today we're exploring the delicate balance between upholding expectations in a Southeast Asian household and creating our own identity. We all play several roles in our families. From being our parents' children to parenting our parents at times, the evolution of our relation with our families changes drastically. Sometimes we're their confidant, sometimes we're just a kid to them, and sometimes we just can't see eye to eye. Somewhere between fulfilling the roles we're expected to fulfill and actually making our own decisions, things can get blurry, confusing, and heavy. The responsibility of being a good kid is almost at the forefront of every decision we make. From our clothing choices to our career choices, we're ingrained with the belief that we owe our parents and our families. And this is especially true if you come from an immigrant family. I think most of us can appreciate the amount of energy and hard work our parents have put in to give us the lives that we have now. They survived the best they could, so we could thrive. Though the pressure of thriving is no small task, and even though we don't have to survive like they did, we have our own set of problems and hurdles. One hurdle being that our idea of thriving may not necessarily match up to theirs. It's a delicate balance between appreciating all that they've done for us and refusing the responsibility and burden of doing enough for our families. So, where do the lines between individuality and being a good kid get drawn? Can they coexist? Where does self-respect become disrespect towards our families? How can we continue to be ourselves when our cultural boundaries reel us in? Now, I don't have all the answers to these questions, but I do know someone who is a strong and vibrant individual and yet an equally culturally respectful daughter. Adding on to the network of evolving humans, please welcome Priya. I'm so glad to have you on my show and my second episode of Enough Unsaid. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Right before I introduced you, I was asking our listeners a few questions. And one of the main things that we want to explore in this episode is how to balance creating your own identity and upholding the expectations that come from being a child in a Southeast Asian household. Now, I'd like to ask you, what brings you here and how do you relate to this identity crisis that we go through? Being brought up in a Southeast Asian household, um, it comes with having to fulfill a lot of roles. You know, sometimes you're an adult to your parents. Sometimes you are suddenly 13 years old to them. (laughs) Sometimes, um, you know, you don't act your age enough. So I think um, it's, it's dependent on how your parents perceive you that day. It was difficult, like trying to balance being a child versus being their friend. And all of a sudden you have all these different roles that you're expected of that's a really hard thing to balance because on one end you're working on your own individual self and on the other you're coming back to people who are kind of done the self-development process or maybe never even started it 
you're always going to want to try to make things better around you. Mm-hmm. It may be for yourself. It may be for them in general, because you know that they don't have the outlets that you may necessarily do to cope with the things that they're dealing with internally. I know that whenever my dad tries to cry or starts to feel emotional, he walks away because he doesn't think that he can do that in front of us. And so time and time again, like I sit down with him and I'm like, it's okay for you to show emotion. Like, and it's almost like I'm coaching them to be okay with communication and that's when I feel like I've turned into like their therapist or their parent or you know something else other than a child in that sense Um, and I think um, a lot of the times I'm sure it's difficult for them like I'm sure it's difficult for them to actually voice the way they're feeling um in a calm and collective manner, you know, we're 10, we're so used to having them get angry at us. And, you know, when we were younger, we had no idea that that's the way that they know how to communicate. And then we would sulk and we would get upset. We would get irritated and we'd be like, why are you yelling at me? Like, I didn't do anything. But over time, I think I've come to better understand where they come from as a generation, as a whole. Um, not that that makes things easier as a child. I think it makes it a little bit more difficult because yes, you understand it, but it you know that it's not right. So it's, it's in a way, it's almost like you're trying to correct their ways so that it matches yours because you think that's the correct way based on the way we've been brought up in our generation within the society. Sometimes, yes, I'm giving up because I know that it's not going to go anywhere. I'm just going to go around in circles. And sometimes I like, you know, if I feel really strongly about something, then I will voice my opinion because or what I have to say about it, because it ultimately could be a make or break situation for me personally. And I think that's when I um, start to stand up for myself a little bit more or try to break the barriers or create boundaries, for example. Yeah, I think creating boundaries is something that takes time and it's hard to create boundaries with people that you love and respect because it sometimes feels like in the process of respecting myself, am I disrespecting you? And do I owe you that thought process? Do I owe you giving in? So. Obviously that takes time and for, for people from our culture, we usually live with our families for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Even after you graduate, it's not necessarily the fact that you move out or in high school and university, you move out, you do stay with them. So how did you shift away from that, pull back your independence and then say, you know what, this actually is where my boundary is even for my parents. Three years ago, well, four years ago now, I moved to England for law school. And, you know, um, when I met my fiance, that's, I think that's when things really started to like trigger that questioning. Cause I would do something and be like, oh my God, hold on. I got to call my mom because I haven't spoken to her in a couple of hours. And he was like, well, why? Mm -hmm. Like, why do you need to do that? 
and it I really couldn't come up with an answer like it was really just like because this is how I've always done things mm-hmm. and he was like well do they know where you are and I'm like yeah they're like did they ask you to check up in two hours I'm like well no and he's like okay so don't do it then and it was hard it was so hard to put that phone down and be like okay I'm not gonna call them yeah yeah. and and this I feel like it parallels with who you were as a child Mm -hmm. it's as simple as if you were jumping on the couch and your mom said don't do that and you were like oh god mom's mad at me that feeling might have just stuck oh yes and so even the most basic situation now you feel guilt from that moment it's not even necessary in this moment that you feel guilty it's just that the trauma stuck in there so when somebody asks you why do you feel guilty and you can't come up with an answer it's because maybe there isn't anything to feel guilty about right now I think that's when it started to you know question the uh, the whole idea of are we a well-oiled machine <laughs> or like just because like we're doing things because that's the way we've been taught or are we doing them because that's the way we want to do them and there's a very fine line between the two right because you you are a product of your environment mm-hmm. so I felt like until I wasn't outside of that environment I didn't really get an idea of how different I was from the environment I was brought up in Mm -hmm. like I always knew there was something off but until I didn't move to England I didn't realize that oh my god I can think for myself (laughs) oh my god I can make my own decisions (laughs) I don't have to ask anyone if I want to go out like it was all of these revelations and you know sometimes I would purposely stay in because I would feel guilty for going out so much but Mm -hmm. I'm like who am I who am I like, you know, answering to? I'm not answering to anyone here. And I think it was those conversations that I had with myself that really forced me to create boundaries with my parents. Um, Being away from the environment definitely helped in the sense that, you know, I wasn't there to mediate arguments or I wasn't there to fix things. In a way, you know, until sometimes you're not married, you don't really move out. And I find that it's harder to go through these things Mm -hmm. while remaining in the same environment. Yeah. Because you're not only battling with the people in the house, you're also battling internal battles constantly. And so, you know, if you can, I would encourage anyone and everyone to at least move out for six months if you can or like go on a vacation by yourself yeah go somewhere without them hovering over you because that's I think that's the one of the most prominent moments of your life that you get to really finally realize that you get to dictate what you do and I think that's when my boundaries started like that's when I started not calling them as often or not checking in as often. And, you know, obviously the guilt is always there. I don't think that ever goes away in that sense, (laughs) but I think you cope with it better. Yeah. When I'm, when I don't live in the house, I don't even think about half the things that are happening at home because it's not in my face. It's not in your environment. Exactly. And so 
because I'm here right now, I feel the pressure. Mm -hmm. I feel the pressure more because I'm getting married at the end of this year. So I feel like I need to fix things and make everything perfect before I leave because I'm the last child to be able to fix things in the house. Yeah. If you can remove yourself from the environment, because it's not necessarily the fact that they made you sick, but there is anger, there are emotions, there are Mm -hmm. feelings, and you can't heal in the same environment that caused those feelings. Exactly. But if you can't move out, I think you brought up a really good point about, well, did they ask for this? And so maybe the next time you're at a crossroad of, should I do what my parents want me to do ask yourself is this something that they've explicitly asked of me and if so can I fulfill it and if they haven't then is it just something that I'm thinking they've asked me but they actually haven't really voiced it so I don't need to go reading between lines yes find fulfill expectations that maybe aren't even there yeah right um a lot of that is associated with (laughs) am I living up to the expectations that my parents made up for me the moment I was born. <laughs> right? You are going to be a lawyer, the end. <laughs> it's funny, actually, I was supposed to be an accountant. That's a whole different story, though. So <laughs> it's a battle to raise your voice with your parents because automatically, you know, the moment you talk back to them, it's, it's almost like a shock to their system. It's a shock to your system too, let's be honest, especially because, you know, we've been brought up respecting our elders. So to have to think that you have to stand your ground against someone that has raised you, it's absolutely nerve wracking. So like, for example, um, going back to this accounting thing, um, when I was in university, I decided to switch majors in my third year now. Oh my God, (laughs) for a brown Indian girl (laughs) to switch majors in her third year when she's 21 years old, it's not a pretty sight. (laughs) So, you know, it was the first real scary step that I took into doing something for myself. And I think that's when I started to realize that I'm going to break this expectation of graduating at 22 and settling down by 26 and having a child by 30. And so I, you know, I went up to them and I was like, I want to go to law school. It's been something that I've always wanted to do, but something that I've been scared to tell you because there's always been this notion that I need to be done school in four years. I need to have a career in accounting because I'm fulfilling so-and-so's dream. Mm -hmm. Mind you, I was shaking the whole time when I was doing this. (laughs) But I think that's when I also started to grow up. I think that's when I was like, wow, I've actually stood up for myself for the first time against Mm -hmm. two individuals who have time and time again given their all to me. How does that make me feel? Mm -hmm. It's exhilarating. It's it's freeing, but it comes with a lot of, I need to make up for the pain that I've caused you. And how do I do that? Let me go clean the house before I leave (laughs) to go see my friends, or, you know, let me do the dishes and do the laundry, or let me massage your feet 
before I go to bed. Oh, parent, <laughs> let's <laughs> compensate in every possible way. And that's exactly it. I think that we tend to compensate or overcompensate for what we may feel to be guilt, but they may not even be thinking that it's guilt, mm. but we just do it because we're scared. We're scared of what they will think of us. We're scared of ever disappointing mm -hmm. our parents. And till this day, I'm still terrified of disappointing them. But I think at the same time, I've learned to let go of feeling guilty for living for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a huge deal for me. I think that this process of feeling bad about letting our parents down starts very young because oh, yes. we are taught to be good kids. Like you're supposed, if you're obedient, you're a good child. If mm -hmm. you do anything that is outside of this obedience, your mom would give you one look and you're like, I'm done. Oh I'm yeah, the look, that. man. <laughs> it's a deadly look. <laughs> it is. And somewhere that sticks to us that if I do this thing, mom and dad are going to yell at me. And I think sometimes yeah. we discredit the fact that at the end of the day, they chose to come here and exactly. survived, right? That was their goal. Their goal was to survive so that we could thrive. Mm -hmm. And with the responsibility of thriving, there's also a lot of freedom. There's a lot of guilt. There's a whole lot of things because you define what thriving means. For them, it might be, you get settled by this age and you have a house and that's how we see you thriving. And for you, it might be, I want to be a painter and that's how I will thrive. Oh, absolutely. Which is such a tough conversation to have, but oh God, I, yes. I think we discredit them because at the end of the day, that's what they wanted for us. Absolutely. But I also think with that comes the difference between what we want versus what they want. I think that's when it, that's when you have to set the boundary. That's when you have to be like, are you living my life for me or am I <laughs> for me? Like, especially if they've sacrificed something, it comes up every now and then. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when the guilt creeps in because you're constantly reminded of all the sacrifices they've made. But I don't think some, I think sometimes they forget that we as children have also made sacrifices. Like we have said no to our friends because we're too afraid to ask our parents to go out because we know that the answer is going to be no or we're going to end up getting a lecture. So we forego our childhood. And I think oftentimes, you know, people come up and I'm sure you get this too, people come up and they're like, oh my God, you're so mature for your age. And I'm like, okay, but you don't know why I'm mature. We were forced to grow up as children so quickly mm -hmm. because that was, that's what was expected for, from us rather than just being children. And then when we try to make adult decisions, they're like, well, you're still a child. Mm -hmm. You know, as parents, they will always have something to say about what you're doing. I think that's just the way it is, but they just need to know that they can't always do that. <laughs> Maturity comes at a great price when it's put on to you so early. You know, I, I think it's more than just giving up, going out with your friends. 
it's giving up feeling for yourself because you're so exposed to so many perspectives and expected to understand so many perspectives that you tend to live in the gray. You are able to justify just about everything. And I think growing up, you end up doing a huge disservice to yourself because you're so busy justifying people's perspectives. And that's all you really know, that you don't know how to understand your feelings. You don't know how to feel like it's okay to be upset about something. You know, I think growing up, I was always told to adjust. Like, this is just something that happens. You just have to deal with it. And you end up invalidating your feelings because you're so busy validating other people's feelings. So I I think it's more than just not asking your parents to go out. It also goes back to the fact that they were raised in an environment where they were always somebody's daughter first, Mm -hmm. somebody's sister, somebody's wife, somebody's son, somebody's brother. It was never, this is the individual that you are. Yeah. And we, we get to do that. And it's such a great thing that you get to do this, but they don't know what that's like. So mm-hmm. they will question you like, no, no, you're supposed to be a daughter. You're not supposed to be Priya right now. This is not yeah. for you to make the call. Um, yeah, I think they tend to put blinders on when they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, this is in no way to bash them for mm-hmm. their parenting. I think that they've done the best that they know. You know, they've definitely improved from the generation above for them to be able to be like, okay, my daughter wants to talk to me about something or, you know, she seems upset. Let's ask her how she's doing. Yeah. I think that's a huge step from what they've ever received. Like I was talking to my dad the other day and I was just like, you know, we're lucky that we're able to sit down with you and have a conversation with you because I'm sure that's not how things were when you were younger. And he was like, no, he was like, there was absolutely no support system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because they didn't receive emotional support, they don't know how to necessarily show that or even deal with their own traumas. So what you end up doing is doing a lot of the emotional labor work for them, and it causes you to perform even more. And try even harder and try and work through their trauma and try and understand their things and that's why it can feel like we're not living up to their expectations and if they're quiet or if they're upset it can feel like daunting it can just feel like you've done something wrong when really it's just they haven't grown up emotionally as much as you had the opportunity to like even till this day I'm like what should I do like (laughs) I'm always wondering if something I say or something that I do will trigger that disappointment or will trigger that upsetness that they might necessarily not feel in that moment. But if I do something to cause it, it's my fault. It like, it could not be my fault. It could be something that they're dealing with internally that may have been triggered by what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't know that. Mm-hmm. We automatically be like, no, it's my fault. I did it. I need to fix this now. <laughs> yeah. And I know you're somebody who, if somebody's like, if the atmosphere in the room is sad, you're like, let me fix this. Yes. <laughs> let me be happy and jolly. Oh my God, yes. Make it easier. Being labeled positive and bubbly and it kind of puts a pressure on you. 
Mm-hmm. So always be like that at 110%. And it's exhausting. Like to be the one to have to fix everything by your way of attitude. No one can be positive 100% of the time. Like there are times where I am quiet. There are times where I just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. And I get asked a thousand questions. <laughs> like, whoa, Priya's never like that. Like, why what's happening and it's just like no like sometimes I like to also be on the other side like I also like to be the one who's reciprocating that positivity not always preaching it this pressure to constantly be happy is preached everywhere like positive can be toxic because you don't Mm -hmm. always need to be positive Mm -hmm. and the aim should not be to be happy all the time it should be to be at peace Yes. And part of being at peace is also letting people process what's happening. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I've learned now where if things aren't normal in my house or something is up and down or, you know, my parents don't want to talk about something, I don't keep honing in and asking yeah. them or overcompensating. I let them have their moment. And yeah. I think that came because I said, a boundary with my parents when when I moved back because I have no siblings they did look to me for being their friend their supporter their child Absolutely. everything and it doesn't really matter where you are even in the sibling rank because you feel the pressure that you owe them yes and it wasn't until I moved back and I explained to my parents at one point saying I want to go on a walk because I need to clear my headspace I just need time alone And you actually end up doing them a huge favor when you set a boundary too, because then you're resolving the resentment that you might have for them. Also gives you time to sit with their perspective and then come back and say, you know what? Like I went on a walk for my mental health. You're sitting quietly and I'm going to allow it because maybe that's what you need for your mental health. Yes. I think that's absolutely right. I think that you know, setting boundaries helps them to also deal with their traumas or whatever they're going through. Like when I used to come into the house, it would be like, I would automatically be like, what's wrong? If I would see my mom upset or my dad upset. And, you know, I've learned to give myself half an hour because I'm also tired after work. Mm-hmm. Like I need to clear my mental space to be able to deal with whatever's happening at home too. Just yeah. like you said, you know, some people go for a walk, some people take a long shower, some people journal, some people like to read. Whatever your outlet is to keep that peace and maintain that peace, mm-hmm. 100% keep doing it because I think that's what really helps when you can't escape the environment. Yeah. yeah. Like right now I'm studying and if something is happening downstairs it is so hard to concentrate on what I'm doing when I can hear things that are happening downstairs mm-hmm. and it's almost like it's that itch to want to go down and like fix it and be like okay talk to me like what can I do but I've slowly just like you I've slowly stopped doing that I'm like you know what they can deal with it if it's something that's arisen based on their problems that they need to solve I'm like I may not always necessarily be here to fix it yep so and you can't because you're not no. part of that relationship right the yes. 
even though they make you very much a part of it even though they make (laughs) it's weird cultural norms and again I think it goes back to the fact that our parents generation if they come from India for example they lived with family or they lived in close proximity to family so every relationship that they had within the family was the family's concern it's like the if a daughter-in-law and a mother-in-law didn't get along, guess what? The whole family is going to be involved in this. Yes. Um, and I think that's why it puts this false expectation on us to fix the relationships that they have because you're looking out for mom and you're looking out for dad. And I think somewhere we forget to take them off that pedestal and say they're humans. Yes. They make mistakes. They have to fix their mistakes on their own because that's their journey. I'm just a child that's a part of that journey. Yeah. But this isn't my thing to conquer. This isn't Absolutely. my to fix. Like, yeah. so if I do go downstairs, for example, mm-hmm. in the middle of an argument because I want water, <laughs> and I have to think about it 10 times because I'm like, do I really want to go down right now and get involved in this? But when I do go down now, what I've started to do, and I think that's really, really helped in this process is if they say oh Priya you know what like tell your dad or mom like I didn't say so and so and I'm like and I literally look at them and I say I am not getting involved Mm -hmm. this is between the two of you you deal with it yeah I fill up my water bottle and I go back upstairs (laughs) and you know I it is terrifying Mm -hmm. to do that but I think that is a really good boundary to set I think it's an important and it's a healthy boundary to remind our parents that we are not a part of their relationship. We're not their therapist. We can't fix things for them emotionally. And I think when it comes to creating boundaries and saying no and fighting for yourself as female Southeast Asians, that's what our biggest battle is, right? Is defining yourself as someone, not defining yourself as so-and-so's daughter yeah or so-and-so's wife yeah it's proving to this to your parents and Mm. to yourself that you actually have an identity outside of this household yeah that you don't just owe people the roles that you hold in their lives and I think that guys are faced with a different set of challenges where they're expected to settle down well yes you should be able to take care of someone and your trajectory should look a certain way and you should not cry and you should not have emotions your job is the emotional like restrictions on Mm -hmm. men my god like at least we get to cry yeah (laughs) at least we get to cry (laughs) they they definitely have their own battles they have Mm -hmm. i think deeper battles in the sense of mental health battles that they may not be able to speak about yeah I think the the cultural notions that we're all set up with is to take care of somebody yes as a woman you're meant to take care of your family as a man you're meant to take care of your wife and your family and nobody reminds you that well no the only person you owe is yourself like take care of yourself you can't save the world from drowning if you don't know how to swim it's just the cultural norm and it's unfortunate, but I think it's it's definitely changing. Your dynamic changes and it will change. It's not, if you're 14 and your parents treat you a certain way, 
chances are, and I hope this is the case, that your relationship will evolve as you grow. Oh, yes. But it'll yeah. only evolve if you also evolve and say, Absolutely. I understand why you didn't let me go to the mall at 14, but now I'm 21 and I want to go to the mall. Yes. Something as simple as that. Yes. It comes from, it comes from you and, and being able to stand up for yourself because it's your call. Exactly. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point. Reminding them of your age really makes a difference because they're like oh yeah okay you are 21 like you're not 18 anymore I still do that till this day I'll be like guys I am 27 years old I can do things <laughs> it's okay yeah. and sometimes just asking them questions like black and white questions yes. because they can get in the grayness of their justifications but absolutely sometimes you just have to say but like mom or dad doesn't does it make sense? Like, am I, do, do you think I'm doing anything wrong? Yes. And chances are they'll say no, and then they'll answer their own problems, right? Yes. So sometimes it's just holding up a mirror of reality to them. Exactly. I've also learned that over time, certain things you don't need to ask anymore. Yeah. You just kind of tell them that you're doing something. It's like, okay, I'm going to go upstairs now. It's not like, can I go upstairs or may <laughs> I go upstairs or, you know, um can I go for a walk okay guys I'm going for a walk because I need this little things like that I'm not I'm not saying okay you know we're going to be able to say okay I'm going to go to my friends and I'll see you in three days it's never going to happen or limits people <laughs> yeah like you know they're going to want their phone numbers they're going to want their addresses yeah, the yeah. whole oh god but I think doing subtle things like that really make a difference mm -hmm. like now if I want to go get coffee, I just say, okay, I'm going to go get coffee. Mm -hmm. I don't ask anymore because I think after a certain point in your life, you feel a little bit more grounded as an individual. It's okay to do that. Like it's okay to be able to feel comfortable enough to make statements rather mm -hmm. than asking permission. And at firsts are always going to be awkward. Oh, right? obviously, the yeah. first time I said, I want to go on a walk, I was shaking. I was like, can oh, I, yeah. am I allowed to walk? And it's like those TikToks, you know, when like yeah. when, when the mug is shaking constantly once they make a statement. It's very much like that. It's that. And now I, I just say, I'm going on a walk. And they don't even bother, you know? No. Like, sometimes here's a great tip. Like, you just, just take small little steps every day yes and eventually it'll feel like the norm give yes. your body and your parents some time to get used to whatever changes you're about to make you can't you can't just throw them a off I go to uh the Caribbeans for two months. yeah no not happening and I like like you said um small steps are really encouraging I don't think anyone really needs to make a drastic change in the next like 24 hours you I can't think <laughs> you can internalize all of this quite a bit and you can make drastic changes within yourself and the way you perceive things. But to your parents, you're still growing up. Yeah. Like when I moved back from England on a more permanent basis, it was a shock to my parents of like how outspoken and how open I was about talking. And it was like, whoa, like where did our daughter go? Because I had those three years of figuring out myself in my own space, in my own time. When I used to come home, 
it would maybe be for like six weeks. So they would only get like a snippet of me Mm -hmm. and who I've become. So when I moved back on a more permanent basis, it was a shock to them. And I think that that's what we have to remember is that our parents have seen us a certain way for so long that yes, we're growing internally, but the moment that we start changing on them, it's drastic to them. Yeah. Because they don't see all the internalizing that we're doing. They don't see all the battles that we're going through to get to where we want to be. They just see the end product of it for the most part. Yeah. So they're always going to be your parents first. Yes. Right. They can become your friends. They can become somebody you speak to and trust, but for them, their first role is to protect you and, and to be a parent. And I also think that they create boundaries in that sense too, right? Like, Yes, they want to be your friend, but they don't want you to talk back to them. Yeah. So there, there's that boundary that they've set. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately, us humans are just creating boundaries <laughs> with everyone. <laughs> and I think, like, we, we may not think that they're creating boundaries. We may think that they're restricting us. Yeah. But we're also essentially restricting them from doing things to us or saying things to us or having us being involved in certain things the way we wouldn't want to that's a really just like they don't like to be disrespected or we don't like to be involved it goes both ways I agree I think that's a really good point that they probably also feel restricted and boundaries don't necessarily mean this is what you can and cannot do they're bound for yourself too that's just you being honest yes how you feel and, and how you feel about yourself and the situation. It doesn't have to be, I've set this boundary, which means I don't love you. That's not the case. It's- yeah, like it doesn't have to have a negative notion to it. Like it could be a very okay thing to do. It's yeah. It doesn't have to be like a, you could have that boundary one day and the other day it could be a different way of keeping that boundary things can coexist yes like your respect and love for yourself can coexist with your love and respect for your parents your friends your family whoever it is it it's not one or the other it never is yeah and like you know if you wanted to go back to the whole blurred line between a parent like you know role fulfilling those roles as a parent Mm -hmm. child um you know i think at the beginning if you need to stick to, you know, rigid boundaries, by all means, go for it. Mm -hmm. If that's what's going to start this whole shift, Mm -hmm. or at least, you know, be you being more comfortable in the environment that you're in right now, go for it. If that's what works for you, do it. Ultimately, you can assess your situation and your environment better than anyone else. So what may work for me may not necessarily work for you. Over time, those boundaries will shift over time as your dynamic with your parents, the relationship, that blurred line between being a child and a parent, your parents will shift. You will become more of an adult to them in their eyes as you go about life. Mm -hmm. There are times your dad will be like, wow, like you're a lot more mature than me than I was when I was 27. You know, a lot of that has to go with, again, going back to them being married when they were younger. 
versus us being able to establish ourselves before we get married. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen overnight. I think this will take years and years. I think you will still be dealing with stuff like this when you're 50 because you will then be a parent and you will then go through <laughs> what our parents are going through. And, you know, it's just a lifelong cycle and it's great. <laughs> like we're growing up based on what we know, what is right in this very moment yeah. in our lives. Yeah. They know, or they're doing what they think is right in this very moment in their lives. Mm -hmm. It yeah. doesn't need to be the same. It's okay if it's different. Yes. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong. I just think that as a child who is in their 20s or in their teens or even in their 30s is going to go through something very different versus what they're going through in their 40s to 60s. They, they evolve, we evolve, everybody yes. evolves. Um, on that note, I would like to ask you that because this is a journey and because this is a process, if you could go back and tell your 18-year-old self something, some advice about the roles, the responsibilities, the burden of guilt, what would you tell that child? I would say, darling, life is an absolute roller coaster. <laughs> you are in the front seat experiencing it all at full force all the time. Mm -hmm. It can get messy, it can get, you can be screaming off the top of your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> you could also be enjoying it and I think even in the bad days there's some sort of meaning to it whether it's you coming to a realization that you can't do everything or that it's okay to not be at a hundred percent all the time yeah over time this resentment this guilt this frustration will simmer down mm -hmm. it will turn into a low low fire <laughs> It will not be as raging as it is right now. Yeah. Coming of age is difficult and understanding the generational gap is even more difficult. Yeah. And, you know, understanding why we feel so guilty all the time or the need to fulfill everything our parents have set out for us to accomplish. It shouldn't overshadow your goals, your dreams, your hopes. And more, most importantly, I don't think it should overshadow the person that you aspire to be. Um, and, you know, life is not about a timeline, whether your parents have set it for you, whether you mm -hmm. set it for yourself. Life is ever-changing. So don't think that just because something didn't happen the way someone expected it for you, mm -hmm. it's wrong. It's not. It's your life. You have to do it the way it comes at you change is the only constant yes i want to leave everybody with one final thought off of what you've said and it's your parents are humans you're a human respect one another but Absolutely. more than anything respect yourselves and that has nothing to do with you disrespecting somebody else it just has everything to do with loving and taking care of yourself you owe yourself and that's sort of about it. And as you become a better human and go through that journey, you, as you said, the resentment comes down. And when you're a less resentful person, there's more space. Yes, absolutely. Appreciation, love, whatever that is, it all comes. Yes. 
Thank you so much, Priya, for joining me. I have learned so much. Oh this gosh, so did I. Thank you. Like a free therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have to charge people now. <laughs> <laughs> and you're absolutely right. This is what I mean by building a network of evolving humans. And I hope whoever listens to this knows that you're not alone and that we all feel the same things. It's just a matter of connecting and growing. Absolutely. Thank you.